And we are ready to go. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So uh, welcome to uh, the very first podcast for uh, our team 2020. I'm sitting here with uh, Mr. Wally Karoot, uh, number one salesperson in our company for uh, quite a few years. Many, many years of uh, experience. Hi, Wally. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Nice to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have you on the show, buddy. Thank you. So um, what I'd like to talk about, let's talk about what your perception and maybe my perception is of of um, some positive influencers for you know 2020 um, when it comes to making a decision uh, to to buy your first home so let me let's talk about history first I mean one of the most important things about the Edmonton real estate market is that 81 percent of all sales and this is true for the last five years 81% of all sales have happened under the $500,000 price range. So that means that the rest of the market only has 19% of the potential buyers to deal with each year. So when we're talking about the Edmonton real estate market, we're really talking about homes under 500000 Correct. So we've seen a decline in the average sale price of those homes over the last two years. Yep. So what are your thoughts on affordability? And how, do, how does that relate to, and how would you relate that to the last two or three years? Well, affordability has certainly come down in a sense that I used to, or an average Joe used to qualify for, let's say, $400,000. And then when the stress test came in, uh, that $400,000 disappeared overnight and became $300,000. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the person buying that $400,000 house or who was purchasing that house was able to buy it and proceed and and live happily ever after but the issue there was that person that was buying that property now has to buy something in the 300 range for example and that's not something that they want and they end up renting or staying where they're at because they're not going to settle for less they're just going to wait it out until one of two things happen either the market comes down to that price range which has not happened yet or b the stress test gets eliminated or looked at again which they're saying they're going to do soon enough and at that point, these a lot of these buyers are going to come back into the market. Because do, but do you feel that uh, that um, people's inability to to qualify for financing has actually lowered the prices in Edmonton? Yes, to a certain degree, because you've taken out a good chunk of that four to five hundred thousand dollar price range, and you had a, a whack load of buyers that are now out of that market, out of that price range. So. What happened to people that were in that 420, 430 mark as a seller had to bring it under that $400,000 range to try and get that three to $400,000 range buyer. So it did affect prices for sure, but I wouldn't say by much. I, if it were just a quick guess, I would see anywhere from three to 4% on average. But again, it's, it's tough to say because uh, we weren't keeping stats with that until this all started and it was a little too late to the to the dance as they say yeah so um have you seen more homes priced in the 200 to 300 uh price point i mean single family homes uh in the last year than than ever before not really i would say three to four hundred thousand Rather than the four to four to five hundred thousand is what I've seen more of the three to four hundred thousand dollar mark. 
So tell me about the stress test thing. So how does it work? It uh, like uh, people have to qualify for uh, a mortgage based on what? On the posted interest rate, on the posted rate by the Bank of Canada or by the banks, uh, which is usually about two percent higher than the actual discounted rate given by the banks. So, so if I'm a purchaser going out there to buy a three hundred thousand dollar house, I would have to qualify at today's rate. I think was five point three six percent as a posted rate, and the bank would actually give it to me at two point six nine or two point five nine percent. But I would have to qualify at that five point whatever percentage it was. And what happens at that point is my qualification goes down from 400000 to 300000 Even though I can still qualify and afford that $400,000 mark, the government says, hey, we're worried about you. We're not going to let you overextend yourself. So this is where the stress test came in and basically made everyone qualify on the higher rate so that if thing something were to ever happen and that interest rate jumps from... 2.79 to 5 or 6%, the government wants to make sure you're going to be able to make those payments or able to afford to make those payments. So, so in the past, mm -hmm. when there was no stress test, you, you didn't have to, have to you didn't have to qualify at 5.6, no, you, you just qualify at 3.2 or 2.9 and it's it's so you're actually qualifying for the monthly payment that you're actually making. Correct. So how dumb is that stress test? I mean, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? It is. They claim they're looking out for the Canadians' best interest, but in reality, I don't think they are because a lot of people that have saved up for years and years to buy their first home or second home aren't able to do so because they don't qualify according to the government. Well, I can't imagine when you're trying to buy a $900,000 house and you need $600,000 in financing uh, and you have to qualify at a rate that's 2% higher, almost double the amount that you're actually going to pay, well, how, how, how do you qualify for that? Like, it seems ridiculous. It is. It is. Wow. So is there, um, I mean, I heard that, uh, that um, the prime minister is looking at um, ways to, uh, you know, um, maybe uh, soften the stress test. And what, 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 what are your thoughts? What have you heard? supposed to read visit the stress test they've asked the minister of finance to revisit the stress test and take a look at all aspects of it and uh, one of the main points they brought up was the refinance uh, stress test and i think from what i've read online and what you might have seen that the if you were going to refinance your house or uh, renew i should say not refinance to renew your mortgage you would have to qualify again if you were getting offered a lower rate or if you wanted to get a lower rate from the bank. If not, the bank would basically muscle you into keeping that same old rate that you have now. So really, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose for everybody, whether you bought a house four years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago. It's a lose-lose when you renew your mortgage in, in today's day sounds and age. Like, sounds like a win-win for the banks, though. Of course eh? it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lose-lose for the average Joe, so. Yeah, that's uh, that seems kind of ridiculous. I think most consumers want to make decisions for themselves as to whether they can qualify for what it is they can qualify for. Absolutely. And when you double up the payment, I mean, at any given point in your life, uh, over I mean, I, I've never been in a position where I can make two times the payment that mm -hmm. I qualify for. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. But let's get back to the market. I wanted to ask you about something specifically. Mm -hmm. So... 
what uh, what does the uh, total number like in 2019? Were there uh, was there more product on the market in Edmonton? There was a little more product, uh, but a little less than 2018. Uh, it went up. There was a upward trend from 2015 to 2018. 2019, we had a little bit less product, and uh, it's kind of gone. It's kind of come down a little bit, and we'll have to wait and see what 2020 brings. So, if are more homes selling, less homes, the same amount? Has that has that been affected? Almost the same amount. If we look back okay. at the past five years, it All was right. almost the same trend. We had, on average, about sixteen or seventeen thousand sales a year through MLS uh, with the real estate board. Okay. And uh, if you look at the past five years, it went from 16,700 to 15,900, and then it creeped back up again. So when we talk about uh, the market, you know, and there's always general statements made about the market. How's the market? It's good. It's bad. It's mm -hmm. terrible. It's great. So what, what would your, how would you classify the market uh, in 2019? What, like you know was was it average was it what it was, was it it was an average market i would say it would be the same market when i first started real estate back in the early 2000s where it was kind of slow going normal market where the buyer had the choice to be able to look at 10 or 15 properties and make a decision on which house they wanted to buy whereas for the past 10 years or prior to to, to 2015 uh, there wasn't much choice for that buyer so you'd see four or five houses and you'd have to make a decision pretty quick. But it, it, it's been an average, slow but steady market, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, that, no, no that's, I think that's, that describes it. So if you're a buyer, 2020 is coming. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Do you sit on the sidelines? And, um, and, 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 and maybe, we should, maybe we shouldn't answer that question yet. Let's talk about... Let's talk about um, you know why it is that people in Alberta are not running to buy homes because interest rates are great, mm -hmm. uh, prices have come down, and they've come down maybe not substantially but at a pretty good pace. They have, yes. You, you, you've said that you've seen more homes in the 300 to the 400 range than, than in a long, long time, mm -hmm. single-family type properties. So um, why aren't they running to... Uh, to these uh, to these sellers and, and and writing offers, I think it's just consumer confidence more than anything. And what's your what what would you sort of pinpoint as as the re, as the the reason for a decline in consumer confidence? Well, the main reason would be uh, at one point the interest rates did go up; they have right. come down since then. Okay, and uh, the lack of job not lack of jobs, but there has been quite a few layoffs over the past 18, 24 months in Alberta, especially with the oil patch. So it's usually a consumer confidence is low because a lot of people are scared to purchase because they're afraid of losing their job. Mm -hmm. And a lot of jobs are tied into the oil sector. Yeah. So even though there's a lot of people that are paying rent and paying, let's say, the average 15 to $1,700 a month on a two-bedroom townhouse, yep. uh, they could easily buy a three hundred or three hundred and fifty thousand dollar single-family home or a townhouse for under three hundred that's brand new, and pay less than that. But it's the consumer confidence; people are just scared. Yeah. People still qualify for that price range, and they want to purchase, and they stop. They want to stop wasting their money on rent. But consumer confidence is a big thing. People are scared. 
So do you think they'll bring prices that 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 that, that syndrome will bring uh, prices down in the first I, quarter next year? I don't think it will quite yet. I don't think it will. Period. To be honest with you, I think we've seen the worst so far. Uh, and the reason I say that is I do a lot of business with new home builders, and the home builders are at their all-time low. Like they can't go below their cost because there's it's no just point. not viable. Yeah, there's no point of building. Yeah, yeah, so. A lot of builders are in it right now to keep their market share and to keep their company alive and going. So right. believe it or not, if anything, it's the best time to buy a brand new home. So for two reasons, A, interest rates are low, B, you're getting almost cost on a downhouse. Wow. So why wouldn't you buy a brand new home? It makes sense to me. You know, like I've seen it day in and day out where for four or five years ago, you were spending 450 to $500,000 for an 18, 1900 square foot two-story up in North Edmonton you can get something brand spanking new right now anywhere in the city for just around the 400 mark so wow that's amazing that's a that's a big change it is a big change because the builders have realized that we need to we need to be a little more realistic and we need to sell homes and keep moving our our product rather than uh, being greedy and sitting there with 30 40 spec homes that they're not going to move on because they're not gonna they want their mar- profit margins so truthfully a lot of builders have been selling their homes at near cost if not even just below cost just to keep things going in the company and to keep their market share so what's the inventory like they, they must have had a whole bunch of uh, spec homes uh, available ready for possession and so on at the beginning of the year um, was there a lot of new home building um, and is there a lot of products still in the market there was quite a bit of new home specs, uh, of new specs sitting there that were complete and do nothing. So uh, I would say about 60% of them have now sold wow. and moved on, but uh, the builders are not specking as much as they used to. They've slowed that down in a sense so that they're not sitting on a ton of inventory, but they are still specking, don't kid yourself, because the average buyer, I would say 90% of buyers in Edmonton right now that are out there looking for a brand new home are not looking to build from scratch and custom build their house. They're yeah, looking for the not, best not price range, no. Best price, and they want it now. They want to see it, touch it, feel it. So if there's something in their price range in the four to $500,000 mark and it's complete, they will buy it because it's there, it's done. They don't want to deal with the hassle. They don't want to deal with the headache. And they don't want to be paying forty, $50,000 more to customize that exact same house. Yeah, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I guess if you're a first time buyer uh, and you want that brand new home, why wouldn't you be looking in the first quarter of of this year? I think it's the best time to be looking, to be honest with you. Okay. For a brand new home, for any home, period, because it's it's a slower market. There's a lot more competition out there. Uh, come springtime, it will pick up quite a bit, in my opinion. So if I'm one of and those you, buyers that's sitting on the fence, yeah. I'm going to go get something in this first quarter so do you think that the uh that uh the homes that are listed the brand new homes in january and february that are still on the market reflect last year's pricing still some of them will but again some of the ones that are coming up right away here in the next 60 to 90 days will not reflect those pricing because the cost of construction has still gone up it's still going up due to the weak canadian dollar and due to inflation and they can't keep those prices steady with what they were at six or seven months ago. But they're not going to build more homes if they have a whole bunch of old inventory. So obviously there's less pressure on them. So therefore they're putting more homes on the market 
And you're saying that those prices are actually going to start to climb a little bit. They're going to have to climb. Okay. We don't have a choice okay. except to look upward with the brand new homes because, like I said, cost of construction has gone up, labor has gone up, the cost of land has so, gone up. So, would so you, really, the only person taking the hit on this is the actual builders. So would you say that uh, this has been, like, this is the bottom of that market? I really believe in it's terms the of bottom of new homes. I really do. It's believe, I believe it's the bottom. Wow. Like, we've hit bottom, rock bottom. When it comes to new homes but isn't that like i mean that's got to be a super opportunity for uh for first-time buyers looking for something like that it's the best opportunity wow and honestly if you miss the bus now you end up paying i would say about five to seven percent more in the next eight to twelve months in wow. my opinion on a new home wow not on a resale home so if the, if the, if the federal government eases a stress test oh we'd see a big big difference in consumer confidence we'd see a lot more property selling faster and at the end of the day it's going to increase pricing i read a report the other day um, uh, from uh, that was uh, that was distributed by deloitte and uh, for the first time in in three years they're predicting that oil prices are going to um, in fact stabilize and uh, show an upward trend before the end of the year mm -hmm. on, an, on an overall average and the reason for that was um, because it looks like the provincial governments um, extended the curtailing of, um, of um, production of, of crude, yeah. which is helping the market uh, because it's reducing the supply. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> these guys are a lot smarter than me. I don't really understand all, how all that stuff works together, but how is that going to affect uh, consumer confidence? I mean, you talked about jobs earlier. Are people going to feel more comfortable about um, about their jobs and and what have you heard uh, or do you have any personal uh, experience with uh, from from conversations with people you know I do and I've seen it firsthand where when the price of oil does go up obviously it opens up more opportunities especially up in the north in Fort McMurray and it needs and requires more people to start working because they're extracting more and more oil so at that point when people are working again and people are making a living a decent living again then consumer confidence starts climbing up uh, climbing up slowly but the people that have been sitting on the fence that haven't lost their job they've just been waiting it out are going to look at as a positive in positive indicator and think hey i think it's time to make a move before prices start climbing up again so yeah makes sense it's going to be a positive thing for sure makes sense makes <clears throat> sense makes sense so um <clears throat> The uh, the other uh, the other part that uh, sort of I would, I'd like to discuss in terms of um, forecasts for for next year and how you feel about you know what's going to happen to the Edmonton real estate market is uh, you know whether or not you think that um, average pricing by the end of the year overall is it predicted to stay level or is it or are they showing some uh, some some downward trend or i think we're gonna be level if anything we might go up a little bit mm -hmm. a half a percent or even one percent in my opinion uh, it all depends on what the price of oil does or uh, it's all gonna depend on jobs 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 if people are back at work and people are making a living you're gonna see price increasing because there's a lot of buyers sitting on the fence, first-time buyers, move-up buyers that are saying, hey, we want to buy, we want to make that move, but we just don't have the guts to do it right now. But we will be doing it shortly. And as soon as people start getting back to work and they see their neighbor that's been off work for 18 months back at it with the oil wells or whatever the case may be, it kind of gets people motivated again. So 
It's not the issue of people not being able to afford to buy a new home or to buy that move up home. It's more confidence. Consumer confidence is, is the biggest issue I see right now. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, so I know you're a realtor and you have a vested interest in people buying homes because that's how you make a living. Mm -hmm. But, um, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's be transparent. And, and if I'm a buyer and I'm looking at, you know, maybe making a decision, why shouldn't I make a decision in the first quarter of 2020? Why, why wouldn't you? Why, why would you be? Why what? would you keep paying someone else's rent? Like if you're renting at seventy, I I just had this last week where I have a client that's been renting for four and a half years at eighteen hundred bucks a month. Wow! And that's a newer townhome up in Northeast Edmonton, and he ended up buying uh, a property three days ago, almost the exact same property he was renting, and his payments only twelve eighty a month. So he's actually come down in his monthly cost or monthly well payment. that's fantastic no, and he owns the property right. like it it makes right. no sense to be paying someone else's mortgage when you can pay your own mortgage and it's going to be cheaper like why wouldn't you why would you want to pay someone else's mortgage when you can pay off your own it's like that little piggy bank that you're going to be saving up over the next 20 to 30 years so, so how much money does somebody need to buy their first home you know if they're a first time buyer it's still five percent oh five percent five percent of down. the purchase price correct so if somebody's buying a three hundred thousand dollar house they need fifteen thousand dollars exactly and uh, and so on and there's there's programs with the government like the rsp you can use the rsps it used to be i think it was fifteen thousand dollar max that you can pull as a first-time buyer without getting taxed yeah, on it yeah i think the government recently doubled that up to 30 or thirty-five thousand dollars. you can pull off of your rsps to use it as a down payment for a first-time home okay and i i also understand that you could use your um your tax-free savings accounts too yeah so yeah, you can use those two. You can use that too, and I think that maximum is up to sixty nine thousand. I'm not a hundred percent on that. So. Oh, that's uh, that's just uh, since the inception of the program. Yes. I think that numbers. Yeah, I think that numbers accurate. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that works exactly, but there's there's limits to everything, obviously. But you can't go wrong in in today's market with this economic turndown that we're coming out of right away. Hopefully, it would be the best time to purchase because it just makes sense, right? So, in your opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but <clears throat> are the pipelines going to change the real estate industry in Edmonton overnight? Not overnight, but okay. over the next two to five years, I think it will make a big difference. So, if we just look at making a decision in in, in 2020 versus making a decision two years down the road, um, you would say that uh, there'd be a positive impact on real estate values over that two-year period because of the pipelines. Absolutely. Okay, well, that Absolutely. you know, you know, that makes it does make sense now that I've heard you know uh, sort of uh, the background to why uh, to why that would be your opinion. Well, uh, that's that's very interesting. I, I'm going to ask one more question. That's uh, you know a little more controversial, but what the heck? Let's ask it. So, how do you feel about um, how do you feel about uh, two things? One, uh, the federal uh, government, um, the minority liberal government, and how that has affected. Um, let's say Edmonton, because we're talking about Edmonton, mm -hmm. you know? So how, how, how do you feel it's affected us or has it affected us? It has affected us. And honestly, the biggest reason we got affected, I think, other than obviously the oil prices and uh, the issue of getting our oil out to market is the stress test. Like we took a big hit on the stress test. So the reason the 
liberal government implemented the stress test was to slow down two major markets, which was Vancouver and Toronto. Right. And it did absolutely nothing to slow down those two markets. So mm -hmm. uh, they implemented it across Canada and <clears throat> Alberta took probably the biggest hit mm -hmm. in Western Canada that we now had people that qualified for X amount that only qualified for this amount and it slowed down our real estate market. Yeah. Whereas Vancouver and Toronto still have those foreign buyers coming in and purchasing these properties. So it really has, does not, has done nothing at all. And the other big thing too is obviously oil. The oil prices have come down and they're at a decent price right now, uh, but we'd have no way of getting it all out to market, to the global market. So we're and you only think limited to selling it to one or two customers. And your opinion is that of course, the delay in the pipeline and the fact that the Liberal government that isn't really, isn't really uh, making an effort to get it going at, a, at the pace that it should be going at, uh, that that uh, is obviously a, a reflection of the fact that uh, the Liberal government is focused on their own agenda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. And um, I'm sure there's varied opinions on it. I'm, I, I know we'll hear uh, we'll hear back on on those uh, opinions. Uh, the other thing that's most uh, you know that's sort of top of mind in the news is um, the Middle East and the conflict in the Middle East right now. You know, how does it's? I know everybody has an opinion about this, and uh, but how does a potential war in the Middle East reflect on the Edmonton real estate market, or does it? It will, in, 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 in a sense that it's, it's, it's supply and demand. Like, if there were a war to break out between America and Iran, I think 22% of the world's supply goes through the Strait of Hormuz. So if there's a war there, that's getting shut down ASAP, and then the world's going to need that extra 20% or 22% of oil that they depend on every day from good somewhere. Point. Yeah, no, that's and a good point. that source is going to be Alberta, oil so mm -hmm. if that did happen uh, let's just say a the price of oil will skyrocket overnight and at that point our if you want to call it the, the tar oil or whatever you want to call it the heavy crude oil will sell for a lot more and we should be able to get a lot more out there and it'll be easier to get rid of some of this so now of course we're not implying that a war is good under any Absolutely circumstances not. but it but it does affect economies around the world of course it does you know and that's it's sad that uh, that uh, that that uh, that a war would uh, would actually break out in the middle east it's sad any war anywhere but uh, those are some very very interesting comments wally and uh, you know uh, i think we did uh, we did a great job, uh, as, or you did a great job as far as our first uh, podcast is concerned. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what kind of comments we get, and uh, and thanks very much for joining us. Uh, You're welcome. On our Thank first, you for me. our team 2020. <laughs> My pleasure. You were the only guy in the office. No, there just you go. kidding. <laughs> just kidding, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, have a great day, and you too. Uh, thanks for uh, for helping us today. Thank you so much. That's our Valerio, uh, our team 2020.